I remember this time last year we were recording an episode and <laughs> we were like, you know what? It's going to be fine. Like this time will pass like this. Too- oh too- my God. And we will look back and wish we made better use out of it. I'm looking back and wondering how the hell we're still in the same position. Hi friends, my name's Nadine. And my name is Thadini. And welcome to You Know What I Mean. I totally agree. I actually think that... I think I talked about that in one of our episodes earlier where I was like, oh, can you imagine, like, you're going to want to have made the best of this time at home, live, laugh, love, like whatever. And now I'm like, I'm still at home and I still have yet to learn how to make the best of this situation, quote, unquote. Um, And I'm never going to have wanted to be back here, but here I am. It is insane that we are still in this situation and that it's not that like we haven't just moved, but things are progressively getting worse, like depending on where you are. Yes, absolutely. I actually think it's getting worse in most parts of the world because I just feel like global leadership sucks right now. Is what, sorry? sucks right now like it's shit yeah like they're so unequipped and in addition to being unequipped they are so incapable of admitting how unequipped they are inequipped unequipped they are to handle a worldwide pandemic that they just keep like throwing like random shit as a solution so they're like try this try this and you're like can you get it together yeah for for 4.5 seconds like can you just like hold on before you tell me a new guideline and then revoke it four seconds later I think it's so hard because I'm on one hand empathetic to everyone that has to deal with deal with this on the front line like we are talking about this again not not that we're like frontline workers not that we're healthcare workers of any kind yeah Uh, you know, we have the privilege and security of a staple income and had that this entire time. Yeah. But also I'm coming to terms with the fact that like, this is not easy for anyone. And I yeah. have empathy for people who are in positions of leadership because the weight that they have to shoulder on is very heavy. But yeah. I just feel like all eyes are on any leader, whether it's like the leader of an organization or the leader of a country on how you're responding to this. I'm really holding back from swearing just because I I just feel like I'm going to be dropping F-bombs left, right, center. But it's just extremely frustrating to be sitting here twiddling my thumbs and being like, okay, well, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait it out. They'll figure it out because nobody's who like who's figuring out what. I think that's exactly it. It's like, who is figuring out what? Because actually it feels like no one's figuring out absolutely anything. And I think that's what makes it so difficult because you really are trusting a lot of people to learn from whatever whatever experience that they have or like be able to utilize that in like a more, like in a better way than they are. And then they're just not. And I, I feel like it's really difficult too because 
while some things are becoming like very apparent as to why, you know, this situation is becoming increasingly worse. It really does feel like people like leadership of countries and whatever municipalities and towns and whatever are just not heeding said advice. Yeah. And they're like, they're throwing the blame. They're throwing the blame. And like, it's, I feel like we're really beating around the bush here, but what we're essentially trying to say is Ontario right now is an actual shit show. It's garbage. It's a hot, it's not even a hot mess, like in a fun way like us at wildflower it's a hot mess in like the most messes like it's like trash it's like a raccoon wouldn't go through this that's how bad this trash is like it's nuts it's been insane and I feel like the fact that we as a community as a province continually like ignore um guidelines that are being set out as to what is actually effective and what is not effective in terms of ensuring that we are supporting our communities best as best as we possibly can we're just like we're literally ignoring advice and instead are like well young people aren't staying at home it's like no that's not what's happening exactly and like to clarify too like with what you're saying it's not that like people are ignoring this although of course you have like people who are still like who still think we're living in like a non-pandemic world but it's the provincial government that keeps like off setting I don't even know if offsetting is the word but like is putting off this legitimate advice and yeah. recommendation on like what we should do and then we'll we'll backtrack like I'm thinking specifically on um yeah. recently they announced that playgrounds are going to be closed yeah yeah and then some sort of like healthcare official I'm not sure who it was was like actually people should get fresh air playgrounds are fine go out yeah people should go out it's factories that you should be closing down it's warehouses that you should be closing down because that's where the majority of the cases are coming are coming from exactly and where why are they coming from these factories and these workplaces is because it's unsafe working conditions yeah they're very cramped um oftentimes it's racialized communities that are working in these lower paying jobs. It's often women working lower paying jobs. And then you go ahead and you're like, yeah, we've decided, thank you for all of this data. We've decided that we're not going to be allowing sick leave, paid sick leave to to people, to workers. And I'm just unsure as to what possible, like, what could you possibly more need more of to understand that you need to support people and frontline workers? Yeah to be able to do their job better, but then also do it safely. hundred percent. And if you're unwell, but you also have to support a family, like you need to be able to take that time off so that you don't one, spread COVID and two, to, to people in the community and two, to your own family. A hundred percent. It's not like, I, I want to like caution on what I'm saying. Cause it's certainly not an easy thing to just shut everything down. And, you know, there is again, like the potential that happened earlier in the year of people going without any pay, people getting temporarily laid off, which is obviously a very hard thing to do, especially in racialized communities where exactly like you said, like most of the time it's maybe women that are supporting their families, single mothers. It's just that there's not enough support from the government to help these communities in need or help these workers in need and it's extremely frustrating because right now 
I was just looking at the news. Doug Ford is playing a blame game with the federal government. And that's also not to say that the federal government didn't is doing a stellar job at this straight up like it they have really like screwed us over in terms of when we get the vaccine our availability in the vaccine and then we've just like have you have you seen that meme where it's like the person I don't even know how to describe it but like the it's like this woman she's like pointing down and this like silhouette's like bowing down to her and it's like I believe in whatever supremacy that's us with like the United States like we are like bowing down to the United States everything that they do we're like oh my god we are so dependent on you we love you so much they took every possible vaccine to exist including like the ones that were meant for us No, absolutely. I think that there's like so many, there's like so many different things. Like for starters, I think you're right. The Ontario provincial government is playing like a blame game of like, who, who do I blame? But is like failing to understand like their role and like their role in perpetuating this. And, and you're right in that we don't want to go back to a situation that we were in last March, April, May, where people were losing their jobs, where people had to stay home um, because if they couldn't go into their workplace, they were getting laid off. Um, but I think it's even more damaging to yo-yo as much as we are. For example, when, you know, Doug Ford was like, we're going to open, um, we're going to open schools. First things first, we're going to open schools. Yeah. It's great to have open schools, but with doing it without proper measures, I feel like it was really hard for teachers to constantly be like, are we going to be in school? Are we going to be online? Are we going to be in school? Are we going to be online? And then have to go back and forth. Restaurants that prepared for opening their patio and having seated dining and spent so much money to do that. All of a sudden it was like, you're open. Okay, great. Let me get all of this open so that we can have people outside. Never mind your clothes. So now all of these restaurants have spent all of their money in, in being able to host people and then they have to stop. And so I feel like it's really difficult because I think it's obviously not easy to be like a one size fits all model, but I don't think that there's anything being done to be like, okay, well then what are the different ways that we can support the different parts of the economy? Um, and yeah, like I was, I mean, we have like talked about how this vaccine rollout specifically in, in Canada has just been garbage it's trash like, it's, it's been, been literally so awful so bad. it's been so bad it's been so poorly managed it's been so like like there are no words for what a mess this has been I feel like it's just been an insane failed attempt at trying to roll out the vaccine to be honest um but I I just think about what we've been talking about so much and it's like what the vaccine now means in the world. Um, and so if you have the vaccine, as in you're in a country that has a, has the vaccine, yeah. um, it's like considered like a rich, quote, rich company, um, a company, country. Um, but people literally do countries, run countries as if, do run countries as if they are companies. Um, and so if you have a vaccine, it's like you're a rich country, like whatever, you can stick your vaccinations um, for your entire for your entire population. And then if you don't, it's like 
you're one of the quote poor countries and it's a like new form of colonization where you're either a country that has been able to vaccinate their population or you're a country that hasn't and while the U.S. has been doing an incredible job of getting the vaccine out and vaccinating their population it also makes you wonder at whose and at what cost they are being able to do this It shocks me, I think, on top of this botched vaccine rollout, the misinformation campaign that we're seeing by by the media, like, I say by the media, because they are the ones that are just spewing this fire. But really, it's like, it's a pharmaceutical war that's happening behind the scenes. Every vaccine, like it started off with AstraZeneca causing blood clots, and then now it turned into Johnson and Johnson causing blood clots. And it's just a lot. Like it really is. Yeah, no, it really is. And like that's kind of what I was saying when I was like, people do run countries as if they're running companies because it stops being about people, it stops being about your population, it stops being about supporting your communities and becomes more about like making money. money. Like And we have said this and we will say it again, capitalism never sleeps. Like the devil works hard, but capitalism works fucking harder. I mean, they are synonymous, but literally capitalism is like the coronavirus of systems. Like, I don't know how else to describe it, but as in it is like, it will infect any and every potential thing it could possibly infect. And yeah, yeah, like you're talking about, um, you're talking about how this, vaccine like all of it's become like a smear campaign against different one vaccine versus another um but then but it's truly like I think I was telling you about how I was talking to my uncle who is like in the medical industry medical instrument industry um and he was talking about how Pfizer and Moderna charge the most for their for one shot of their vaccine um and in doing so are like inadvertently or on purpose running essentially smear campaigns against AstraZeneca and Johnson and Johnson, because those vaccines are, those companies are selling their vaccine for a lot lower of a price per shot. And people that is just, wild to me. Sorry. Just, no, I know people just want to make the most amount of money. And so they keep like pushing for getting Johnson and, or sorry, getting, um, Moderna or Pfizer versus Johnson and Johnson or AstraZeneca because they want to make the most amount of money and they want to sell the most of what is most profitable. And so it's, it's like, it's not to say that those things, you know, it's not to say that there weren't any blood clots from that people experienced from getting the AstraZeneca shot or the Johnson and Johnson shot, but it just goes to show the way that it's being blown up and taken completely out of context in a way in order to be able to push a capitalist agenda by Pfizer and by Moderna. And, and it's, I was having like a very, I was having an interesting conversation actually with my uncle yesterday. Mm. And we were kind of talking about how this world, like you forget about people, like even the industries that we work in, like it's so hard because at the end of the day, you're just pushing a corporate capitalist agenda. Like that's, that's what you're doing. And it's, it can be very hard on you when you like realize that that's literally what you're doing but um but he was saying how for example Pfizer like 
they need to make money in order to be able to do good for, for the world. So they actually need to make money in order to have been able to have the resources to, to create this vaccine as quickly as they did. And then like disseminate the vaccine as quickly as it did. And I was like, no, absolutely. Like you, it is the big companies with that much money that have the most power to make positive change. But at what point does it stop being about at at some point, obviously it stops being about the people you're helping Mm -hmm. and it starts being about the money that you're making because that's just the bottom line, literally and figuratively. And it's so difficult because that's exactly what's happened with the vaccine. And like, I remember I like used this analogy, but when the British colonized India, they made India make all of their goods. They used up all the resources um, that were available in India, whether it was like of the land or of labor, whatever, and then exported everything back to Britain, like back to, to England. And it really left India in like a very difficult position in terms of their economy. I'm like really like going deep. But what I'm trying to say is that's essentially what we are now doing with the vaccine. We're taking, we're having people, countries create the vaccine where it's cheaper for us to buy it and then selling it at such a higher price to the highest bidder, which is the most quote, like rich countries, which are North American countries, largely because they are called, like they were colonizers. Um, and have plundered through the other economies in the world. And it's like really strange to me when I think about how we literally just repeat history over and over again in different forms. And it's very scary. And we're like seeing it happen and you're like, what am I going to do about it? And it's like, I don't, I don't know what I can do about it, but it's very scary to see it happen over and over again. And then that's when having proper leadership comes into play with that too because that's absolutely another level or layer into it and you brought up India and I can only think like you have family there like COVID in India it's things are not good right now no like to say the very least it's really bad there right now and it's it's like scary to me how much people will not blame the government And it's also scary to me, like we talked about misinformation being spread about, about the vaccine, like whatever, whether it's like comparing different vaccines, whether it's who can and can't get the vaccine, what effect it has on you. But it's really scary because you can talk about whoever is trying to spread that, whether it's companies, whoever, but talking about running countries as if they are companies, Mm -hmm. the Indian government is literally And this is not to say this doesn't happen anywhere else in the world or is not currently happening anywhere else in the world. I just, and I want to make that disclaimer because I feel like it perpetuates the stereotype that like, oh, like everything in North America is so great. And then everywhere else, like it really others different countries and is like everywhere else it's so bad. And like, we're so great to live in the US and Canada. And and I don't want to push that narrative, but they are in in India right now. falsifying the number of people who have and have died of COVID to make it seem as if it's not as bad as it is. But people working in the front lines, the general population know how bad it is. But knowing that it's very scary because some people are still very quick to defend, not defend, but not hold the government responsible for their literal lack of being able to do this. And not to say that doesn't happen in other parts of the world, like look at America where people are like, 
we're anti-vaxxers. Like we're not gonna, we're not gonna get the vaccine. We're not gonna wear a mask. We're not gonna, and we're just gonna go out and and do whatever. And I mean, the fact that literally Trump was president says, <laughs> says it all in and of itself, says enough. But, but it is really scary there right now. And frankly, it's because of complete lack of support and yeah. leadership from the leaders of, of that country. So it's really hard. I'm getting like, like, I, I don't even know how to put it into words, like heated. I'm genuine. Like I yeah. just like my, my body temperature heating. It's like up. rising. I will be at work and we will be talking about like, you know, the new vaccine rollout and what they've decided. And I have to like really hold myself back from just like screaming, <laughs> like screaming on video, uh-huh. being like, why the hell is this? Like, first of all, a lot of the decisions that we're making as a, as a province are so late in the game. This idea of like hot spots and prioritizing hotspots yeah. with vaccines. And yeah. I just read today that they're going to be like redistributing or reallocating the vaccines to support these hotspots. Like it's just, yeah. it's, co- I'm like, it's common sense. I know, like I'm not a politician and I would hate to be a politician, especially in this time, but yeah. it really just is common sense. Like how you're getting people access to this where they need it the most and like yeah. what you're doing to support the community. I think that's like Absolutely. what we've been saying this entire time. Absolutely. It's very frustrating. Like it's very yeah. frustrating. And I also like can only imagine like we were talking about just now the vaccine companies and how they have to make money in order to support this yeah, this deed that they're doing. You and I work in supply chain and I can only, I don't, want to know what it would be like to be a like to be in supply chain for those vaccine companies right now I absolutely would not want to know although I feel like they would be able like priority would be given like I'm just thinking about how supply chain works and I mean I don't I haven't done it in like this time like in a pandemic time um but I feel like priority would be given. At least I freaking hope it would be yeah. given. Um, but no, it's, I think it's really hard when we think about like the vaccine rollout too, because I wish the approach that was being taken was just like, everyone get the vaccine. Everybody like yeah. in Canada and Ontario specifically, I wish the approach was like, we all need to get vaccinated. Like obviously prioritize people who are older, people who are more at risk, et cetera, first. But I just think if we're being so like commonsensical, like if that's even a word about this vaccine rollout, like where was this common sense when the pandemic freaking hit? First of all, it took us forever to close the border, except to the States. states. We're like, okay, the States, thank you. No, thank you. Everywhere else go live your damn life. Go. And it's, and, and now, you know, there's all of these punitive, truly punitive measures in place um, of like institutional quarantine or whatever, um, or like curfews or tickets. And I mean, let's not forget that one of the um, 
one of the measures that was going to be enacted by Doug Ford was that the police was going to be able to stop you at any given time and ask you for your address, ask you where you're going, what you're doing, what you're doing outside of your house. Do you have a letter from your company saying you need to go into work? Which we also know would have hurt marginalized communities the most because black and brown people make up the prison system. This um, I can't even get into this right now because that's a whole other topic. But like the fact that that was the measure that was being put in place, which truly is punitive, where were these amazing measures when the pandemic first started that let us get to this point? Like if you look at some of the other countries that might I add are being led by women, um, are actually have done a really good job of having those measures being put in place first. For example, I think it was Australia that has done an incredible job of um, stopping COVID-19. So over there, COVID-19 hit, they were like, okay, shut our borders to everyone, shut down everything, everyone stay home. Yeah. We're not gonna be, we're not gonna be doing anything. Great, they shut everything down. No one was allowed to travel out. No one was allowed to travel in. They got it under control. They were able to slowly reopen their economy to its full capacity and yeah. are now working on getting everybody vaccinated, but the economy is open. So you're allowed to see people, you're allowed to go out and they've only recently reopened travel. And I'm like, that's, that makes sense to me. Like even today, the CDC came out with guidelines saying that if you've been fully vaccinated and you're outside and not in a large crowd, you don't have to wear a mask. I'm like, isn't this just like 1% too quick? Like, I swear to God, five minutes ago, everyone was like, you're not wearing a mask. You can't leave your house. Wear a mask inside your house. Wear a mask to freaking bed. Now they're like, if you're outside and you've been fully vaccinated, you don't need a mask. Like, why don't we just hold off and see if we truly don't need a mask? Instead of being like, everyone, you don't need a mask. It's all good. And then they're going to freaking recall this statement. That's the thing. Like, it's, it's really like such a multifaceted issue because the communication around what the fuck we're supposed to do has been Literally. so clouded that yeah. I am just like, I'm just going to chill in my house. Like, I'm just like not going to yeah. leave, period. I don't know like where I can go. I don't know what I can do. Yeah. Literally, yeah, exactly. I, I just don't know like what is what is at my disposal and like what I'm available to do. So I'm just going to stay home. Yeah. Yeah. hit me up like when this shit is done I will then re-emerge <laughs> better than before even though it's a complete lie but I think that like exactly what you're saying it's this idea of proactive leadership that's sincerely yeah. lacking Absolutely. and I think I think too um I think it might have actually it was Australia and New Zealand but my dad and I talk about yeah. this all the time and I think part of the reason why they were why they were able to have such a successful uh, like pandemic response is also mm-hmm. because they are so far from everywhere else. But our yeah. neighbor is the United States, and we rely yeah. so heavily on them for everything that we aren't self like we're not as as a self sufficient seven country. We are not self sufficient whatsoever, no. and it is shocking to me that we have such a awful pandemic response like in the beginning of the pandemic Canada was praised for the way that they handled it and now it's it's we are at the we are at the bottom tier in terms of vaccinations per capita do you know that three I think I like read this like wild stat 
it was something along the lines that like three out of every 100 people have been vaccinated, but in the United States, it's 12 and in the UK, it's 14. I mean, I have nothing to say. Like, I literally have nothing to say, but then like there's, I lied because I clearly have so many thoughts. My brain actually was like, just there's so many thoughts. I had so much to say. Um, okay. There's like a few things. So one, obvious, I'm not surprised that these are the countries that have the highest percentage of their population vaccinated, because again, it's like something that I had mentioned earlier on in the episode where it literally like, these are the company companies. I keep saying companies because where's the lie, but anyways, these countries, um, are the ones that like in history have been those that have colonized and are now considered like you know powerhouses in terms of countries and their power and and who they are and like the world is very eurocentric um and western centric and western focused so i'm not surprised that this is kind of that that's sort of the percentage that we're seeing but it's really interesting too because as we're talking about the vaccine representing you know, whatever it represents for a nation. Um, There was an interesting opinion I heard where countries don't want to be, and I'm talking specifically about Canada, like Canada may not want to show that they're doing such an amazing job of vaccinating everybody, blah, 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 because it shows them as like, quote, a colonizer or as like not a good partner because they are taking up the vaccines that the rest of the world are supposed to have, which I thought was interesting. Like they don't want to show as if they're, they don't want to show, they don't want to look as though they're doing such a great job of vaccinating everybody because it looks like they are taking up all the vaccinations, which essentially is what the US and UK are doing. And they're just like, I don't give a fuck. Like everybody yeah. get vaccinated. Um, but it is interesting. It is an interesting like dilemma. Um, to which I will say, I just wish that the companies that were creating these vaccines made it more accessible and made it possible. And obviously you want to talk about, um, you know, like being able to divert enough resources so that those companies can make all of those and can like roll it out to all the countries. But I just, it's not lost on me that the people that work at these big companies are considered like more wealthy. And so when it comes to their supply chain, not their supply chain, but their like thing of like getting it out, like getting it out as fast as possible. Like they're thinking about, well, how are we gonna do this in the most profitable way versus how are we gonna do this in a way that's gonna get the most vaccines to most people? And I think that, you know, a lot of companies will spin it and a lot of like whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, whoever will spin it to be like, oh no, no, we're doing the most for our communities. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't trust you. I know a big part of the reason why our vaccine rollout was so awful. I like have said it, I've said the same sentence in terms of like our vaccine rollout is bad in maybe a hundred I'm like, it's garbage. It it's needs bosh. to be said. It's shit. The fucked up vaccine rollout. Like I am <laughs> like the vaccine rollout in Canada is garbage but the reason part of the reason why it's so garbage is because we failed to get the rights to manufacture it in our own but this is what I don't understand was there not a point in like November or Mm -hmm. December 
where Canada was like, we have enough vaccines to vaccinate our population three times over. Yeah. So actually what, what ended happened up happening? So what ended up happening, here's my econ one, here's my econ degree and no, my econ no. 101 credit, please. Everybody listen up. Essentially what happened is that we did, we ordered, we actually overbought. Justin Trudeau was like, we I specifically remember this. He's like, Who we, was bought, the buyer for this? They we bought fair. the syringes. And my parents were like, we don't have the vaccine. Like, what are these syringes for? Yeah, literally. And fully, like, we overbought the vaccine. However, we did not secure the priority in terms of when we will actually receive it. The states, in the meantime, thanks to Donald Trump, signed an executive order that fully said America first. Like American people get the vaccine first. Whatever it is you have, we're taking it. And so what was supposed to be our vaccines now went to the United States. Now, how did we respond? We left our borders open with the United States. We kept trading with them as if everything was normal. We were super buddy buddy with them. We continued to rely on them for like God knows what, even though like we have the resources available here. So it's really like lack of infrastructure, lack of proactive, like you want to talk about proactive leadership. You like you should also talk about lack of infrastructure. Again, like we are a G7 country. I don't understand like why we're not able to manufacture this here, use our resources here. Do you know that we've, I'm just going to like, like drop these facts that I looked up before this episode. Do you know that we just asked the U.S. to support us with healthcare workers? I have no words because we ourselves do not support our healthcare workers That's we I mean. as a country are not able to support our frontline healthcare I mean. workers like we what are, are we looking for it's like we are depleting our own resources and then just like asking for more so like when we talk about proactive proactive leadership, leadership that's part of it and like it's it's also very much like okay I sound very anti-US but truly I just I just need to understand Mr. PM like I just need to understand like why Mr. PM Justin Trudeau Justin Trudeau I need to understand like why we are so just so reliant on them like why we can't be self-sufficient like countries like New Zealand and Australia you know and yeah another thing too that has just been like in my mind is how Doug Ford has <laughs> Doug Ford I'm like you just need to go like you call it a day who thought he could be who what? thought he could run a province and what like what balls does he have that he thought I can do it well like, the, really, honestly, like, why like I'm confused but this is why like I, I really hope that this is a hard lesson to anyone who who's who wants to hold the system accountable by voting someone who is clearly not fit for the job that they're not in the least job. Like we just saw it with the U S with Donald Trump. And we had to go through four years of that. You can argue that part of the reason why this pandemic got so out of control is because the United States did not do their due diligence 
in containing it. So it's spilled out yeah. everywhere. They pulled yeah, out absolutely. of the World Health Organization. That's capital that the World Health Organization needed. They like I don't think you can see right now, but Tarini is like ferociously like nodding. I'm like like you know what? It just makes me so mad, and like it's so frustrating because I've said this like literally 500 times in this episode but like countries are no longer run as countries and they are run as companies and I feel like that is the last thing that that leadership should be doing but it it is what they're doing and I feel like a lot of people run on campaigns and platforms that you know put people and put their communities at the front and it's and it's not and I and and that's not what they actually that's not actually how they govern um I know Nadine and I've talked about this a million times but like if you don't vote literally ways like what are you saying please go vote unless you can't which fine I understand but vote wherever you can um and like that's my like spiel on 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 voting because it's like the most important thing ever but I just feel like if you want to talk about people who are in charge and how to make positive change, how to make any, any sort of strides towards making positive change. Like we are so far from that. And I feel like it's just such a devastating state of affairs. And I feel like what this pandemic has done is really highlighted all of the ways in which we are complete, like the leader, like leaders in power right now are completely inadequate for their job yeah. and to run countries, provinces, govern people. But I know, I literally know that this pandemic will pass in however long it takes. And people will literally take what they have learned from this pandemic and throw it out the window. They're gonna be like, fuck, I don't fucking need this anymore. And then we're gonna fucking be in the exact same position. And that's what's so frustrating to me. Like that, I guess, like, that's why I'm like, yes, I totally agree with everything you're saying, but I just know that we're not gonna hold on to this. Not you and me, but like, people making decisions and and how we decide to vote, we're not going to hold on to this knowledge and be like, I remember, we're going to be like, who dat? Let's fucking go again. Let's, let's take two, round five, round 25. Like, but to be, I, I, there's so many thoughts. First of all, the last time we got this riled up is honestly like when we're dating people and we want to get mad and we just like (laughs) and I just I have never gotten as mad about something as when I'm talking to Nadine about this about someone that I'm dating yeah and and I'm like I know you'll get why this bothers me and we just like soundboard off of each other and now I'm so pissed yeah we go into like a serious just like there's no we just go into there's a no stopping spiral and there's no break we fully are like we just keep digging nobody will take us up but the whole again proactive leadership even like I think or I do believe that our government now because <laughs> there's apparently no time like the present when people are dying are realizing the importance of proactive leadership however even within that capacity they're lacking to make decisions their their decisions suck and they're actually still reacting (laughs) so to put it like for example Doug Ford was like you know what I'm gonna take just so we can like cover our asses and make sure we're not in this situation again I'm gonna take money that I could put into communities that really need the support into a vaccination center that's not going to be done until 2025. If we're in a, a fudging- Oh my freaking God. 2025, 
Thank you so much. I will just, I'll get it in the next life. Like my, then it's not like next year will be my year. It's the next life will be my, will be it. You know, like, thanks again. Yeah, I did see that. And I was like, why, why on God's good earth are we reallocating our funds to a vaccine center that will be open in 2025? Why don't we allocate these funds? We need a vaccination center, no doubt. Clearly, if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we need a fucking vaccination center. But why don't we just hold off on that, Dougie? Just take two whole seconds, okay, my dude, and reallocate this. But it also goes back to who is allowed, like when we talk about not having the ability to produce the vaccine ourselves, make the vaccine ourselves, it's like, who is hoarding this intellectual property? I bet you it's the United States. Yeah, exactly. And so it's really difficult. It's the U.S. I sound very anti-U.S. right now. And like my sisters are American. I have family there. I'm just frustrated. Like It's not about being anti-U.S. It's literally being critical of your leaders and being like, how are you? So the U.S. wants to play this game of like, we're a world leader. Okay, act like it. Act like, act like a leader of the entire world. Act like you are going to lead this world out of a fucking pandemic. Act like it. Even though like Joe Biden, like you've been in president, you've been in the role of president for like one whole millisecond. So like, I really, I'm not like, I I don't like personally have a problem with you. Also, like you've done a lot of good things. So like, that's cool. Also not done a lot of good things. So I see you. Um, but the low was bar, the bar, the low was bar, (laughs) the bar was low. The bar was freaking low. It actually didn't exist because before you, there was Donald Trump who was a sad excuse for a human being, let alone a president. It's no, it's, it's a lot. And I, I saw this article, I I sent it to Tarini and it was like, young people are politically engaged uh, <laughs> and depressed a study shows on this survey people and be like what are your thoughts on the current state of the world like we actually like needed to put money into this but I think with that I think you were talking about like how we're just going to be in the same situation true like we are going to be in the situation again I can't tell you when I That's certainly right. fudging hope not in my lifetime I've I feel like yeah. later dues but I am confident in the generations to come because they are seeing firsthand, first of all, like the, the speed at which information is spread and consumed is way faster. Miraculous. It's literally miraculous. We're younger. And so I have a lot of confidence that like younger generations are more politically engaged and also just more aware of the power of of being politically engaged and having a good leader. And so I'm confident that like, we, we will be in good hands like as we get older and as these generations shift, as these generations shift. That being said, I do remember like when, when we were having this in our group chat with Steph and Doug Ford announced the emergency break, new lockdown, like lockdown 4.0, like serious problem. Like everybody shut it down. It was like lockdown, but in red. He's it like, like, it's like code code gray first of all question mark like I still don't understand but he so we were talking to Steph and I was like you know what I'm gonna take my voice to the polls and I like ferociously googled Ontario 
elections to like when are they next yeah, yeah. 2022 i can't wait no i'm coming i'm coming for you doug Ford. first of all if you don't resign before that election like my dude it's over for you even more than it will be when i come but the problem like i i don't understand is like okay so if he resigns his party is still gonna be in power like the fuck do I know who's gonna come in his place like someone who's probably like even worse and I just need I really just need them to get it together Justin Trudeau I need I, yeah literally I need people to understand like maybe and I talk about this all the time I need people to understand that there's actually like an absolutely no way that you can be fiscally conservative and socially progressive. That fucking doesn't exist. It makes no fucking sense. It does. It's not even a thing. It's not even an oxymoron because an oxymoron is a thing. It's not even a thing. Like you just cannot be that. And so you need to vote socially. Like you need to vote yeah. with your social alignment. And it's it's not to say that, you know, everything that the progressive conservative, which the fact that it's called the fucking progressive conservative party just goes to show you that they themselves know, bitch, we're too fucking conservative. We need to be progressive. So they just threw it in front of their name. They're like, we're the progressive conservative party. Vote for us. throws you off. <laughs> I'm <just> like, what? <laughs> what a bizarre. I just. What the fuck is, who are you? You're having a goddamn identity crisis and you think you're going to run this country? Like, bitch, there's no time. Aside from that, what I'm trying to say is I wish that people would understand that we need progress, like truly not progressive conservative, truly progressive measures in order to make the world what all of us wanted and need it to be. And there's no such thing as being fiscally conservative because when you are fiscally conservative, it impacts women it impacts marginalized communities racialized communities the most and social programs and research has like people want to do research on whether younger generations are depressed like you don't need to do research on that what you need to do research on yeah first of all we know what you need to do research on is is and research has been done but on how when you invest in those communities it's actually prosperous for entire communities and entire nations and that's what we should be looking at I think the biggest takeaway from this entire episode um and just this entire vaccine and you want to talk about how leaders around the world are doing and what they're doing is being able to access information and being able to decipher information and like not spreading misinformation which is so rampant and like one of the things we talked about was how information just spreads so much faster than it ever has before but what that also means is that misinformation spreads much faster um and i think if we want to be if we want to see any change of any kind whether it has to do with the pandemic or not or with our leadership we need to be able to access and be able to decipher for ourselves what is true and proper information so that we can make the best decisions with that information. We were talking, I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but this idea of, you know, what's the media's role in this and like, how do they perpetuate the misinformation campaign? But there are actually media companies that are doing a phenomenal job at keeping their viewers informed. And one of 
and one that I've been watching a lot of and you know comes to mind right away is Vox Media. So they have a incredible podcast called Today Explained. It doesn't always talk about the pandemic, of course, because yeah, the world is literally on fire. So yeah, they have a million other things happening. There's a million other things that are happening, but they they basically talk about the news of the day and they do a really great job at responsible reporting. And they have this amazing video that I highly recommend people watch. And it talks about the why you can't compare the COVID vaccines. And so when we look at like, you know, how we can, when we just patiently wait and hopefully not much longer, but yeah, if we're still waiting to get the vaccine, then hopefully this will help, you know, alleviate, alleviate any, anyone's worries or concerns that they have with the vaccine that they're getting. And, you know, I, I just think that like the spread of the right information at least helps to, to clear any misconception. Absolutely. And I think another great way to be able to access good information is, and truly people doing God's good work is vaccine hunters. Have you seen that? No, it's, it's literally like in Canada and also in the U S and, um, people have started like Twitter feeds or like Twitter pages, um, dedicated to helping you find vaccines and find a vac a center that has available vaccines that you can go to that you can book at and so um yeah and it's it's truly literally just people like civilians who are like I'm here for you and I want you to get vaccinated um and so they're they've literally they just like keep compiling like this this I, I mean in in Canada like this shoppers drug mart has x amount of vaccines and they're giving this vaccine if you're eligible go here like this place has this many vaccines open. If you're, if you're living in this part of the, whatever the GTA go over here. And so, um, and so there truly are people doing God's good work and there is good information out there. Okay. One last thing I want to say is, did you see Justin Trudeau getting his vaccination? Taking his shirt off. Taking his shirt off. And everyone's like, I'm thirsting over Justin Trudeau. I was like, what type of fucking publicity stunt is this Justin Trudeau like but like I'm just going to get a vaccine just like you my civilian people that I freaking try to manage but fail at here I am getting my vaccine and he like took off takes off his shirt and state hoax actually was like was like showing all of the the comments of people like literally like thirsting over um Justin Trudeau getting his vaccine and I was like you know what I with first over good leadership justin trudeau i'm done thank you goodbye